This is the Shanice Lewis Show, the number one podcast for plus-size women. With your host, the queen of curvy conversation, Shanice Lewis. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Shanice Lewis. Today is Monday, February 8th. 2021. Make sure you're following this show's social media pages on Facebook at The Shanice Lewis Show and on Instagram and Twitter at Shanice Show. And make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Amazon Music, your favorite podcasting app, wherever. We're everywhere. So subscribe so you never miss a show. Today we have a very special guest. Marjorie Googleman is a New York fashion and social A-lister and now also Queen Bee of the DJs. As a DJ, she goes by the name Mad Marge and has opened for Cardi B, Katy Perry, Mary J. Blige, Liam Payne, Little John, Rita Ora, New Order, and Skrillex. She has worked with clients such as Dolce and Gabbana, Tiffany and Co., and Cadillac, and many more. Her inspirational story has been featured in the Wall Street Journal, W Magazine, Vanity Fair, Town and Country, Vogue Mexico, Women's Wear Daily, Vogue.com, and Style.com. And Mad March has also appeared on the Today Show and the Martha and Snoop potluck dinner special and we are so excited to talk to her today let's welcome marjorie to the show hey are you there hey marjorie can you hear me okay i think we're having some technical difficulties so we're going to give her a um chance to reconnect and see if we can get this interview going. She has a very inspirational story, and we definitely want to share her story with you guys today. Um, Let's see if we can get on the phone. Hey, Marjorie, are you there? Hello? Marjorie, if you're there, I hear you. Hello? Hello? Oh, we got it working. Yay. I'm going to call so you, excited. but I want to do it on this way. I hear you. So we got it together. It so working. thank you for working. being on the show today. I'm, I'm so excited. I can hear myself. I just can't hear you. Oh, you How can't hear me? Uh-oh. Oh. Hello. Hello. Okay, we're having technical difficulties here. Hello. Okay, so this is a live stream. So I'm going to have to um, end and see if we can reset. Schedule or re um, re uh, postpone to see if we can get through. Hey, can you oh, hear me? I couldn't hear. Yeah, but I couldn't hear. Oh my god, I'm so I'm so mad. I, I thought we were. I was doing it right. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I could hear you, but I don't know why. I know, and I could hear myself. I could hear myself, and I could not hear you. And I've got my microphone, I mean, my headphones plugged in the bottom. Well, I'm glad we were able to connect and didn't have to reschedule or anything, because I'm excited to speak with you today. Oh, thank you so much, Shanice. So what were you doing prior to becoming a DJ? Well, I have done so many things. You know, I'm not a a spring chicken there. And so I have run the gamut of careers. Usually, you know, I'm a bit of a schmoozer. So I've done a lot of things in sales. I was in the licensing business. I've had a candle company. Um, I worked for the American Foundation for AIDS Research Um, in the 90s for three years. I worked in their major gifts and events department. I've I've had a vast and varied life of careers. Wow, that's awesome. So yep. I know the thing you were doing when you decided to transition was um, you owned a candle company? Correct. And so why didn't you keep that business going while pursuing being a DJ at the same time? Well, I, there was some overlap, and then it just naturally transitioned out of it, and it was just a, a perfect segue to sort of fold one down, and I had an opportunity to – exit that nicely while the other was ramping up nicely. Nice. So when did you decide you wanted to change, when you decided you wanted to change careers in your 40 to become a DJ, were there any naysayers? So, you know, I think I thought there would be. So my story is a little bit crazy in my becoming a DJ. So my becoming a DJ is not a natural one. It obviously happened in my 40s, which is not how one would imagine things go. And I was dared by a friend um, to DJ at his birthday party. And I did it, and I did it for 15 minutes, and then I ended up going for about two hours. And then when jobs came my way, um, I was reluctant to take them because I didn't feel like I was qualified, and I went back to DJ school. Fast forward to when I actually started DJing for professional events, I was convinced that people would think that I was not a, quote, proper DJ because, A, I was an older woman, that I didn't fit the stereotype that you would think a DJ would, you know, a man in a leather jacket, you know, (laughs) and I was this woman sort of in a dress. So I was convinced that I wouldn't be taken seriously and that there would be naysayers. And um, so it took me a long while to actually say out loud that I was a DJ. When people, you know, in New York City, if you go somewhere, one of the first questions you were asked is, so what do you do? Um, And it took me a very long time to actually say, I am a DJ, just because I was insecure that it would be taken away and that it wouldn't last because I loved it and I was getting paid to do it. So I thought if I said it out loud that it would be gone. And what I realized over time that I was my naysayer, not the people. Um, Mm. Yeah, I was my naysayer. Actually, people were really rooting for me, especially the people that I cared about, that cared about me. And I think I was the worst naysayer of all. Now, you mentioned after that first uh, DJ set, you know, just on a whim, you were getting requests. So was that person somebody influential? Like, how did people just start trying to book you automatically? No. So it was actually some very good brands that were calling me. 
And to be honest, I needed the money. Um, mm-hmm. But because I was in my 40s and not my 20s, I took my reputation seriously, which I think in life all you have is your word and your reputation. And those are something that you cannot ever get back. And I thought, you know what, I am not going to do this and screw this up. And I want exactly. to learn how to do it properly. I had been a, a radio DJ in college in 1987. And um, it's a very different thing. You know, I was in a basement talking to myself practically, you know, playing re- real records, vinyl records, and, you know, telling jokes into a microphone alone. And if I had been 20-something and been offered a job, let's say, with a big brand and offered money, I would have taken it. I would have wanted the money. In your 40s, you've grown up a bit, and you've learned the importance of your word and your reputation and how long it takes to build that. So when I had the phone calls that were coming in, because people were sort of like, is Marjorie a DJ? You know, (laughs) sort of in shock, (laughs) because I obviously didn't fit the the sort of what you would visually think of as a a DJ and that box that you put someone in. And... um, I thought, you know what, I need to actually go and learn how to do this properly. I do not want to be a fraud. And I said, you know, thank you for the offer, but no. And I actually went to DJ school for about six months just to learn how to do it properly. It had been over 30 years since I'd done it. And obviously the technology is very different and it's involving computers. And I mean, it still changes even year in and year out now. I have to go and learn more things because it's always evolving. Um, And that was what being sort of older and experienced and worrying about your word and your reputation, you know, gives you as you get, you know, more grown up. So were you already a socialite and well-connected in uh, New York? Because in your bio it says, you you know, an a with the A-list crowd. So did you already have that network? So, Shanice, I had a great network. I did. I will be honest with you, I had a fabulous network. And the word socialite between us, I think, is the worst word in the world. I hate that word, and it's thrown around all the time. And when people call me that, I'm like, what on earth does that word mean? I think it means that you're stupid and you go to a lot of parties. And <laughs> <laughs> I know. And uh, people call me that word all the time, and I'm like, why are you calling me Anyway, and then there's, I find that there's women that want to be called that. I'm like, why would you aspire to be that? Um, so I, so to answer you properly, I had a fabulous group of friends. I had, I was very well connected, correct, um, absolutely. And all of that, you know, was years of being in a in a world and a life that you know doesn't just fall into your lap. That that just you know you don't just wake up one day and have a network. You know, a network is something that you build and takes work, to be honest. Um, and so that fantastic network supported me in my transition into being a DJ, which was wonderful. So, so they were what? very, they were very supportive. I mean, I was sort of the, I was a weirdo. So what obstacles did you have getting your DJ brand off the ground, if any? Well, I think the obstacle was I went into a genre let's say, a world where most DJs are not, well, I'm now 51, most DJs are not single, divorced mothers wearing a party dress, playing songs that you know the word words to, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I was just being myself. I was just 
I wasn't trying to fit into any specific groove. I was just being Marjorie, playing the songs that she likes, that I've liked for 30 years, and happened to be going out as a DJ. And so the obstacle was, is there a market for this? Who knows? And what I was absolutely surprised and delighted to find was that there was. There was a whole market for people that wanted to just dance. They wanted to dance to songs that they actually knew. And they don't go to nightclubs. Like, no no nightclub is hiring me, Shanice. You know, I'd get booed off oh, and okay. kicked out the door. Yes. So, <laughs> I, yeah, they would be like, who is that old lady in her dumb dress? Get her out right now. Um, <laughs> yes. And so it, though, that, I'm definitely not doing that kind of a party. It would be more of an event or a private party. And they wanted to hear, you know, the, and I'm a good crowd reader, so I can look out there and sort of figure out the age and – I've loved music since I was seven years old, and so I can figure it out, and I can keep people going. And so that was – there was a niche for that, but I didn't know it at the time. So the obstacle was figuring out, is is this formula of me going to work? Because the female DJs that were out there were obviously much, much younger, and they could have been my daughter. And mm-hmm. they were also – they look like supermodels, and I do not. So there was mm-hmm. two separate things that we were dealing with. And I'm like, oh, dear, is this, you know, chubby white lady with a, who's got a son at home playing, you know, Earth, Wind, and Fire? Is this going to cut it? And, and much to my surprise, it worked. So after it worked, what has been some of your biggest accomplishments as a DJ and influencer? Oh, you know, Shanice, I think accomplishments – has different meanings. So on the sort of superficial outside accomplishments that you want to list in a bio, um, the accomplishments are I have gone all over the world. I have worked with some unbelievable brands. I have been at the Sydney Opera House. I have gone to Hong Kong, Shanghai. I have worked for beautiful fashion, jewelry, beauty brands. I have done some of the most elegant birthday parties in, you know, unbelievable destinations. And, I mean, my whole life has changed. I That is, an, you know, something in my midlife I would have never imagined, you know, to be doing something that I did as a 17, 18, 19-year-old, and I'm doing it again in my 40s and 50s. That is an accomplishment in itself. But I think the real accomplishment, if I'm to be honest with you from my heart, is I did something that was basically a dare that I didn't think was really real, and it kept going, and it lasted, and it became my job, and it sustained. That was the accomplishment I really think is the true one. Yes, absolutely. The fancy-schmancy part, yes, of course, that looks and sounds amazing, but what's really an accomplishment is to have longevity, Right. And you did have a, another accomplishment when you were able to DJ on TV. You made an appearance on the Today Show with Coda and Jenna, and that gave you, a, a, I think, probably a bigger audience on television. That right? was absolutely life-changing. So in the beginning of 2020, Hoda and Jenna launched 
a live studio audience program. So two days a week, they were live with a studio audience, and they had this new format that launched in February 2020. And I was their in-studio DJ. I mean, it was so exciting. You know, 4 million viewers or something like that. I'm not quite sure. Something very large. And I got the call, will you be our DJ? I was like, are you kidding? I would love to. And it was so exciting. And, I mean, just being there with the energy and with them, they are fantastic. And I loved it. And I was their DJ, and they are just the best and warmest ladies. And I love them. And we had so much fun, and it was live, and it was fun. And the second episode, or the third, Oprah was the guest. I mean, Shanice, it was just, I was pinching myself. It was amazing. I mean, I I could not believe this was my life, you know, and it was fun. And it was really special. And then, God darn it, came COVID. And then all studio audience things came to a halt. But it was, listen, I did it. So you were going to be the permanent DJ? We I don't know. You know, nothing was set in stone because it was all new for them too. They we didn't know if it was going to go two days, three days. That nothing was set in stone. It had just started. It was uh-huh. just in a beta format. You know what I'm saying? It was just starting out. We didn't know. Everything was new. And then stupid COVID came. Then stupid COVID. Yes. So as a woman in entertainment. Do you have pressure to keep a certain image to be more marketable? Well, I mean, I think I would lie if I would say no. Um, I think when I was younger, I probably in my own head was more insecure about it. Um, And if you're referring to weight and size, I think that, you know, New York and fashion and that whole world is very sizist to be honest, you know, and I, in my world, was always the largest of any of my peers. And, you know, I was always used, adjectives in the press were always, you know, put in sentences to describe me. You know, they wouldn't just say Marjorie Goobelman was at the party. They would say, and, I mean, I've been called Zoftig, and, I mean, I don't even know the words. And, of course, you know, my heart would sink, and I would be like, oh. You know, when they describe another name, they would just give their name. They wouldn't put an adjective before it, you know. Um, And it would would hurt my feelings, obviously. Um, But I think that that was maybe in the 90s. And anything weight-related is hurtful. Um, right. I'm, I'm glad to see that it is catching up now, and people are definitely becoming more sensitive and inclusive. Um, it's high time. So you don't see yourself, um, your competition, as someone is like Paris Hilton then? Paris Hilton, I, I know her and I love her, and she is a friend of mine. She is, we, <laughs> she's so above me and I love her and we are very different. She is, she's fantastic. She can go to Brazil and sell out a stadium of, you know, half a million people and stays up till five in the morning. And we are very, very different and she's adorable, but that is not me. And she's wearing a bikini and spraying foam into the, into the crowd and, you know, gets paid $3 million. Shanice, if I you will be my first call. (laughs) So you're definitely not trying to compete with that. Well, I would take the money, don't get me wrong, but I don't want to be, I don't think, I don't think anyone, A, would be paying me that, and B, I don't think anyone wants to see me in a bikini spraying um, foam into a crowd. 
Well, you never know now. Don't say that. Well, you never know. Never say never. But um, right now, no. So do you think it's harder to build a brand as a DJ as a woman in a male-dominated industry? Because, as you say, she's with a bikini and, you know, looks. The men don't have the same pressure. Actually, I don't. To be honest, no. Um, A lot of these brands that I work for, they only want to work with female DJs. Really? Yes. So I think if you're dealing with maybe nightclubs and festivals, maybe they want men. But luxury brands, let's say, and a lot of events, they like having a woman DJ. They like a lady dressed being the DJ. Nice. Yes, so, I'm very pleased to say, and I only know that because I feel it when I come and I and I see the reaction. They're thrilled. You have a very impressive client list. Are you freelance or do you have a team behind you? I have a team of one. It's me and my um, booking agent, and we've been together since day one. And we are just we are yin and yang, and we work so well together. And we, um, you know, when you click, you click. And I am a big believer in um, trust and being on the same page. And we have been, and she is a fabulous business person, and she's not a child, and a grown, and she's a grown up. And we just have been, we've worked very, very well together since the beginning of time. And um, she really understood me as a woman and as a dj and all parts of me and she does she does really represent me very well to my clients and she's a lady and she's just just, she's wonderful now we connected on clubhouse in a room about diversity and inclusion why are those topics important to you i think they've, they've been important to me for a long time and i think that i mean it's I think it's very sad that it's just only now being highlighted and it's sort of on everybody's checklist to check right now. Um, I mean, it should have been a long time ago, but I'm always very happy to use my voice to, you know, bring any spotlight to that because I think that, you know, um, diversity and inclusion is is absolutely imperative. And um, no matter how you get to a goal, you need to get there. So maybe I'm, you know, saying better late than never, but I I think it's important that everybody has a seat at the table, and I don't like when anyone is made to feel um, inferior or lesser or ashamed or any of those feelings. It's a horrible way to feel, and I don't, you know, and that you can't be something because you are a certain way. So those are are things that – I um, feel strongly about, and I absolutely love to, you know, speak and listen and be a part of anything to do with diversity and inclusion, and, and I love to learn more. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, one of the areas of diversity and inclusion we don't talk about a lot is ageism. So, I mean, I think that's why your story is so fabulous, how you transitioned in your 40s. Correct. I mean, look, now I'm 51. Yes. Are are you going to uh, DJ with gray hair eventually one day? Well, Shanice, I'm going to diet, let's be honest. You're not going <laughs> to see my grays. It will be gray, but you won't know it, okay? Well, you know, some young people are dying their hair gray. Well, that won't be me. I'm from a different generation. We didn't. Ha- we didn't no one ever saw the grays. <laughs> so we talked a little bit about your um, opportunity with Hoda and Jenna that stopped during 
COVID-19. Has COVID-19 affect your business last year in any other way? Oh, my God, yes. Um, Shanice, it did, well, obviously, there's obviously no in-person events. People aren't having parties. People aren't congregating and, you know, panting and dancing, or they shouldn't be, at least. Um, and, I, you know, I, I understand. I mean, we all have to be safe. Um, and I don't, the last thing they should be doing is having a big dance party. And so, obviously, that has changed my business entirely. Um, you know, I had a lot of jobs on the books that we postponed or they postponed. And then now I'm really, really just saying let's just wait and see what things look like until we take things on because, you know, we are really in an uncertain times. I've done some virtual events. I've done, you know, a bunch of virtual events. I'm set up to do streaming. So I've I've streamed some events. And to be to be perfectly honest, I never thought – that they would feel as real as they do. What's absolutely mind-boggling is you actually can feel the people um, mm-hmm. in a bizarre way through the chat, and it is a unbelievable feeling, but you can actually feel the connection of the people at the event. So streaming is different, yes. It's not the same as being there in person, but you do feel the people on the other end. Um, so I have had some streaming events, um, obviously not as many as in-person events, but people, the more they realize that we're not going back to the regular type of event, people are moving to streaming events. And I have had um, I have had job streaming, which has been nice, and um, I'm set up for that, which is good. So you think 2021 is going to keep that same direction? I, I'm imagining because I cannot envision large groups getting together and dancing and panting and you know all those things that we're not supposed to be doing absolutely so what is your ultimate goal with your career and brand well Shanice that is a very good question because I I have shocked myself in these 51 years because I never really set any goals um and I've kept on going. I think my ultimate goal is to sustain and longevity is, you know, is a is a beautiful thing and and to keep working and doing something that you love. And that I never knew how important that was until I actually became a DJ because being a DJ was something that I absolutely I would come home at the end of a job smiling and be like I absolutely just had the best time. I love my job. And I'd, I'd never had such satisfaction in my life. So to have that feeling and have that be what I do as a job is fantastic. Whether it pivots into any other form and I find another um, lane to go in, I have no idea. But right now, if I could just keep doing something that I love, um, that would be fantastic. I love DJing. I love meeting people. I love connecting people. I like you know, just chatting, whatever that may be, Shanice, I I just would like to just, you know, have longevity and just keep going and plodding down the road ahead. But I don't really have a specific, you know, I don't have a specific site of where, you know, I want to go. In. I just don't want to stop, if that makes any sense. Yes. So do you have anything else happening we can be on the lookout for, even if it's virtual? Well, so Shanice, I do have some virtual things coming out, but a lot of them are for private companies, so I can't say them. But um, on my social media pages, my Instagram, which is my name, Marjorie Goobelman, um, whenever I am DJing for something that is not private, 
I will 100% put it on there because I love for people to be able to come and see and be a part of anything. And I also DJ on a platform called Twitch. Twitch is owned by Amazon, and I DJ on there a couple of times a month, and you can just click on there for free. And it's just, honestly, it's so you can listen to some music and have some fun at home, and the more the merrier. And it is my pleasure, anyone, you do not have to be invited. And I have met a whole group of new people that I don't even know, and they're old friends, new friends, and please come to Twitch if you want. And if I have other events that are from brands, but I'm allowed to have other people, I will put that on my page as well. Sometimes, you know, it's by invite only, and then they're in charge of the guest list, so I don't post about it. But if there is something that I am allowed to say, I will 100% put it on my socials. Awesome. And so, uh, before you go, tell us your social media pages and your official website. So my social media page is Instagram is at Marjorie Gubelman, M-A-R-J-O-R-I-E, Gubelman, it's very long, G-U-B-E-L-M-A-N-N. And my website is www.madmarge.com. That's my DJ name. Well, thank you so much for being on my show today. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you and continued success with everything you have going on. Well, I want to thank you for having me, and I want to applaud you and everything that you have done. And I'm absolutely honored to have met you on Clubhouse, but I want to say that you are a trailblazer in all that you have done. So I want to say right back at you, congratulations to you, and I love that we got to know each other like this. Yes, thank you. So we're we're gonna have to plan to do something in the future when I can fly to New York. One hundred percent. We are staying <laughs> friends, my lady. Yes. Well, enjoy the rest of your day, and thanks again. Thank you. Bye bye. All right. Bye bye. And thank you to my fabulous guest, DJ Mad Marge. If you have the opportunity to see her in person, please support. And I've been your host, Shanice Lewis. Thank you again for tuning in. Until next time, keep thriving in your curves and be blessed. You've been listening to The Shanice Lewis Show. For more info about the show, visit ShaniceLewisShow.com.